Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. All right, Paul. How you doing, brother? I'm awesome, man. How are you doing? Awesome. I don't you th- are doing awesome. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Had a, it's been a good summer. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, to next summer. A uh, little trip we'll be on together, so that'll be fun. Oh, it's going to be way better. Yeah. We're, we're going on a good trip next month. We're going hunting. We are. So this is the... Is this hey, the did you get a new shotgun yet? No. <laughs> are you going to bring me All one? Right. <laughs> well, I only have one bird shooting shotgun. The other shotgun is for other things. Well, I think <laughs> I asked... Well, mine is really for home defense, but... Right. Um, that's why I'm such a terrible shot shooting pheasant, uh, unless I'm shooting a hen and then I nail it every time. Never miss. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that reminds me. I need to renew our, uh, hunting license for me and Jack. Yeah, that's right. That's a good point. Yeah. Got to do that. But I guess we have a full crew this year. So this is your, is this your second or third time? My though? second. Yeah. yeah I missed last year either. Cause I had alumni weekend. Yeah. 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 Well, September's busy. I've got that actually going on this, the like two weeks after that, but yeah, it should be a full house, man. Um, yeah, all the uh, all the usual suspects are going to be there, and then whoever Paul brings along with him, you never know. Just my boy. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yep, and I, I'm bringing one next year. I'm going to bring three boys, so I think I'll get all the get them all, all huh? boys and get them out there. And yep. yeah, they should all get twenty gauges now. That'd be great to use once a year. Oh no, they can use it there. There's gonna be like little trap and skeet or I don't know. Yeah. They don't have them, you know, they drive to high school, they have the little, you know, gun mount in the car. They don't have that up there. Yeah. Yeah. We're too close to Minneapolis for that. <laughs> you get pulled over and looked at weird. But that's right. Only the only the criminals can have firearms up there. Exactly. So yeah. Well, so yeah, finishing up the summer, man. Um looking forward. Yesterday was like 60 degrees and rainy. And next week it's going to be over a hundred. So yeah, this weather's all over the place, but I'm not complaining. I don't complain about hot weather because I know what's right around the corner for us up here. Does the climate change? Uh, Of course there's climate change. What are you crazy? (laughs) What do you, what do you mean? Yeah. Climate change. Yeah. Does the climate just change? It, it, It does. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it was anything to do with me i don't think you did anything aiding that climate change yeah it's kind of like just the way the the world works yep the universe the dome (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that'll be a fun conversation next month oh my god hilarious anyway all right man all right well what do we want to talk about today well a little bit of might be a little sprinkling of things uh you said you came across something and then we both came across something this morning from a a little ibc mastermind that we're both a part of that i was on my way to work listening to this stuff and kind of getting kind of getting triggered because i think 
you know, you and I are both infinite banking concepts authorized practitioners with the Nelson Nash Institute. Uh, and I think if you're proclaiming to teach or sell uh, this type of process, and you, you should be that, I think. Um, and there's, there's, there's some out there that are, I guess, you know, we, we've talked about it before, bastardizing Nelson's message, doing other things, um, you know, getting people involved in, in stuff. And it's just, uh, I don't like it. Yeah. And, and not just, you know, bastardizing the message, but using the, the term infinite banking concept, you know, as if they're speaking for all IBC practitioners, um, which they're certainly not. So there's, there's quite a difference. Uh, if, if anybody's ever run into, you know, people who say they know how to do this and then people who actually know how to do this. Yeah. And, you know, Dave, the problem that we have with it, right, is that, okay, fine, go do that. Everyone needs to go make money and do their thing. That's fine. Uh, but don't claim to be something that you're not. And also, if you're not doing this the right way, the way it's intended to be used, and really, I'm, I'm trying to talk about policy design here specifically, or the type of policy, even worse, some people are out there spouting off about using index universal life with the infinite banking concept. Right. Can't do it. Sorry. You try to do it. You just won't be able to do it, do it very well. Um, the effects of bad policy design down the road, largely unknown, but likely to cause problems for those people that are buying these bastardized um, these policies anyway. So anyway, we might get into that a little bit later, a little more detail later down the road, but we've got, you know, something else that we came across, uh, as well that has to do with something that we all have probably, uh, you know, do you, do you own a weed whacker? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a story for another time. Yeah. But yeah. So what you're talking about is a, a home, you know, a mortgage. Uh, do you yeah. own your home? Actually, nobody really owns their home. Let's be honest. Right. Um, if you don't pay the bills, somebody's coming for it. Um, but the uh, yeah, a mortgage, which is what most people can relate to. I think most people, um, you know, at least in their their thirties, mid thirties, and beyond, um, have experience with owning a home, paying a mortgage. Um, and then there's always that, you know, there's a lot of people that that taught, you know, they they want to pay that mortgage off. Um, which is a noble goal. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with paying off your mortgage. Uh, you know, a lot of people entering the retirement stage, the passive income years, uh, they don't want that mortgage, which great. If it, th- that helps you sleep at night, which for many people it will, because, you know, as, as Trent always says, math isn't money and money isn't math. Um, it may make more financial sense from a looking at the numbers perspective to not pay that off and do something else with that money. But if it comes down to your emotions, and I was talking to one guy who said he's he's got PTSD from debt, and that's a pretty strong term to use. So we didn't dive into what exactly gave him that PTSD, but that's when you know right away, hey, you, your emotional uh, stability or you know that just that that feel good can can oftentimes outweigh. Uh, the numbers, if you lay them out in black and white, because those numbers don't have any emotion to them, right? It's like a robot, you're Spock looking at those. 
You just make a logical, rational decision based on numbers. That's not life and that's not the human being. We are, we are uh, very complex creatures and we run on emotion very much. In fact, it's been said, what, you can't even make a decision without emotion, period. Like, you know, what's that old story of Phineas Gage who had that, that uh, railroad spike go through his frontal lobe and he no longer could regulate his emotion. He also, or people with a lobotomy, like they can't make a decision. Right. Because you got to have emotion. It's, it's strange. I, I don't know a whole lot about human psychology and all that, but I, when I learned that, that was really interesting. And it, it made me think there's a lot more to this than just numbers. So we don't want to be emphatic about anything one way or another, but let's talk about why some people choose to, let's say, for example, I was talking to somebody recently who was paying extra on their, their mortgage, right? Which there's some advantages. I think if you pay something like, you know, one extra payment a year, you can knock seven years off your mortgage payment. So you can pay a house yeah. off in 23 years. Yep. Right. Just by making one extra payment a year. So instead of paying, making one payment a month, make one payment every two weeks or half a payment every two weeks. That's right. And that's what I do actually on this one. So it's an extra payment every year. Do you? Yeah. And that knocks yep. seven years off and you don't even notice it. Don't, yeah. I don't even notice it. I just did it because, just because. Just because. Right. I'm so, not going to miss that one mortgage payment, right? It's, yeah. Don't even, don't feel it. Yeah, exactly. So why don't you start taking it from here? I got a visitor dropping by, standby. I'm going to put it on mute. <laughs> yeah. So as, as Dave was saying, everything with money is an emotional decision. And I think the mortgage discussion or paying, getting out of debt, we're bombarded with this paradigm of get out of debt, get out of debt, get out of debt, get out of debt, you know, pay cash for everything, you know, have the envelope for this. Um, and that, and I think for a lot of people or for some people that might be okay. But what you need to ask ourselves is this, and no question, Dave, right? Mathematically, you are, when you look at the amortization schedule of a 30-year mortgage, the volume of interest, as Nelson talks about, is enormous. Enormous. Even if your interest rate is 2.75, like mine is on this house, or five and a quarter, it gets worse, obviously, as the higher the mortgage rate gets, the situation is worse. Mm -hmm. I think on the land we just closed on, you know, which is at five and a quarter or something, or yeah, maybe it's five and a quarter. But I think if I let it go the whole time, it's over 102%. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, you're not kidding. That'll let, pay for it. Let's stick on this for a minute because I think yeah. that may be something that a lot of people just gloss over. You're signing the forms. You know, you determine, hey, I can make this monthly payment work. Let's get this house. You sign the yep. forms. They stick that amortization table in front of you. You just sign that paper and you flip it over and move on to the next. Right. One, maybe you did it intentionally because you don't want to feel that kick in the gut of seeing that your first payment, you know, 75% of that payment's going towards interest versus principal um, or more. But I was just looking, so I've got a little mortgage calculator and I, I highly recommend if you guys don't have a financial calculator on your phone, I like easy E, the letter E, Z calculators. It's got a ton of different um, financial calculators in there. And I always use this loan calculator. I love it. So I put in a loan amount of say $600,000 for a home. Interest rate, 6%, which is realistic right now um, for 30 years. So 30-year mortgage, that's going to cost you about $3,600 a month. 
your total payment on a $600,000 mortgage over 30 years is nearly $1.3 million. Yep. So that's like 115% of what you're paying it's in insane. interest, right? Yeah, it's, in, it's insane. It is insane. Uh, and look at the very I first month. I that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah your, your very first payment of, uh, of $3,597, so about $3,600, 3000 yep. goes towards interest. Yeah. What a business. Golly. What a business to be in. And guess what people do every five to seven years? They refinance. Or they move. Or they move. Yep. And you start yep. that whole clock all over you again. You start it over Banks again. Banks love it. They can't get you know, enough. And, and Nelson said that basically ended up helping equate to disposable income of 34 and a half cents out of every dollar of disposable income is going to interest. It's very believable. Oh, yeah. Very believable. Very. Um, gosh. Uh so, so I guess psychologically, Dave, we can we can relate to the people who who see that they've recognized it, which is super important, and they decide, you know what, this is awful. I want to pay less interest to the bank. Right. So I'm gonna I've got the extra capital on a monthly basis or quarterly basis or whatever. Therefore, I'm gonna dump an extra X amount towards the principle of this mortgage. Okay. Um, so I guess to play devil's advocate, hey, that's that's great. Do that. On the flip side, though, ask yourself this question, folks. And I've, I've done this in the past as well. I've, I've totally done that. And one could argue that I'm doing it now with the extra payment a year. What am I giving up? Well, yeah, let's use an example of $1,000 a month. I'm giving up the use and the liquidity and the opportunity of that $1,000. So $12,000 a year, I'm sending it to the bank, who's then taking it and lending it back to me for the car I just bought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm making the bank the wheel. You know, I love how Nelson puts this in the book. You know, I'm making the wheels of the banking business in the real estate business I think I've got this right. In that order, <laughs> turn. Yeah. I'm just helping it turn faster. I don't get a dividend from the bank. They're not rewarding me for sending the money, which is your money, my money, his money, her money, that's sitting in the bank, that they're inflating and then lending it out to us. I'm giving them that money back faster than they've asked me to. But I am saving that interest. Right. So the positive, you're, you're saving interest. You're cutting down that interest. Cause here's, I just ran looking at this amortization table, the example I just gave you on a $600,000 house at 6%, not until month, month 223, does your principal exceed your interest in the monthly payment. So finally at month 223, which is 18 and a half years is that 18? in, I was going to say 18, years? 18 and a half years. Now you're <laughs> oh. paying 1789 in, in interest and 1807 in principal. So finally, after 18 and a half years, you raised a child from birth to kicking them out the door to college as an adult in the time it took you to tip the scales on the interest versus the principal on your monthly mortgage payment. That's insane, man. So crazy. It's very understandable that people want to accelerate that schedule. And you can do that with every extra principal payment you make towards your mortgage, you move farther down 
that amortization table. So you're cutting some months off and you're moving closer and closer to that, you know, month 223, you know, you'll get there a lot sooner. Um, so that's the positive, right? One thing you said, well, two things that stood out to me, what you said is what, you know, what, what are you giving up? One is liquidity. You're not going to have access to that money unless you go to the bank and ask them, you know, with your handout, if you can access your quote unquote, your equity, my equity. Yeah. Your equity. <laughs> but I have to you know. ask permission to. And then tap. they'll tell you whether you yeah. can take it or not. Right. Um, and you'll have to go through the entire mortgage process again. Exactly. Um, that or, and, and then another thing you said was uh, opportunity. So what opportunities have you, you given up by tying your money up in your mortgage? You don't, you may or may not know. I'll let you take it from here. It looks like I got another visitor coming this way. Is it like people looking at the house? Yeah. At the model? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, opportunity. I think it depends on what opportunities you have coming across your desk. Uh, I think it was actually, I was listening to last week's episode. I normally don't, but I was I just happened to be listening to it on the train on the way home. And, you know, we talked a little bit, you know, anecdotally about some clients of ours who have left their W-2 job and started a business, a very successful business where they're making more money than they did in their W-2 on their own time. And it's, and, you know, quality of life has gone up or someone who's been able to detach their escrow account from their mortgage payment because they want to keep that money, you know, liquid inside their policy before doing all, you know, paying the uh, annual taxes or whatever on the property. So any, any number of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, so those are both opportunities that those folks wouldn't have seen, wouldn't have been looking for had they not been more liquid. And right. since they pay high premium relative to their income into several dividend paying whole life insurance contracts. In fact, these two families that I'm thinking of at the top of my head each have five. So there's 10 policies between these two families, both parents, all the children. Uh, and it's, and it's, and it's fantastic. So I think it depends again on someone's what opportunities do they have? If they have none, then of course this makes this makes total sense, and it's what we're bombarded with and taught to do: like get out of debt, get out of debt, get out of debt as, as fast as possible, save as much interest as you can. But I think taking the opposite look, people should do that once in a while and just say, "Let me look at this from a different approach." What if someone came to me and said, "Hey, you know, I've got this opportunity that will." afford you X amount of cash flow. Maybe it's a real estate transaction. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Um, and it ends up being better than what you're currently doing by paying the extra on the principal of the mortgage. You know, would you consider that? Um, so those are things I think you're just going to miss out on and you're not going to be able to participate in uh, one because you don't know about them, but two, you're not looking. Exactly. So, and if, if you're not looking for something, you're not going to see it. That's right. You know, if you are looking for it, you are going to see it. Like I, an example, I, uh, I decided to get new, new rims and tires for my truck. Right. I've had it for two years. I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I've been wanting to do it for two years. I think finally now's the time. What did I start noticing? I started noticing every single truck that had cool looking tires and cool looking rims on it and taking pictures and all that, you know, until I finally figured out exactly what I wanted. Um, 
it, it's no different with anything else. If you're not looking for it, you're not going to see it. Uh, but if you are, if it's at the front of your mind, those things are going to be just popping out, coming out of the woodwork. So the question, like you said, one that I always ask is, what, what else could my dollars be doing? If they weren't doing A, what, what is B? Right. And then comparing that. If you have nothing better to do with your money, then pay it towards you know, paying your mortgage off faster. Fine. At least you're doing something with your yes. money. Right. Now, make sure you have some emergency savings. You got some liquidity because things are going to come up and you're not going to be able to access that equity if you need it. You know, bank only loans to people who don't need the money. So you're those opportunities um, if you got nothing else. But why? My question would be, why don't you have any other other opportunities for your capital? Because you're not looking. Because you're not looking. Maybe because, for starters, you're not well capitalized. But what have we done? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, one deal you and I are both involved in right now, I was able to take a, a chunk of money that I, I could have put it towards, you know, paying my house down. You know, knocking off a, a bunch of the principal on my house. Yep. We talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, I took that chunk and I put it into another opportunity that's actually paying me enough to cover like two thirds of my mortgage every month. Yeah. That's so, brilliant. You know, what's better only having to come out of pocket for one third of my mortgage every month or, you know, moving down that, uh, the amortization table a little faster. Yeah, I would say in this case, what you did is 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 the better is the better way, because uh, one, you don't have to labor labor as hard to to pay that enormous enormous mortgage that you now have, which I know that that hurts Dave every time he pays it. Every time uh, I pay it, no. <laughs> every what mortgage isn't enormous if you bought a house in the last. Uh, you know, I don't know, eight months. Couple, couple, yeah, really, couple of years. We, yeah, it was crazy when we moved to this place, and you know, this is the worst place I've ever. Anyway, I don't like this place, folks. <laughs> One Those more year. You know me well. Know why? One more year, man. <sighs> yeah, yeah, but I still have to live here for another like twenty months. Just... Oh, geez, brutal. But people love it. They, they, some people love it here. I just, I just, I don't. Yeah. Really like it. Yeah, uh, probably people who I don't know. Kind of depends on what you were used to. What What are you comparing it to, right? For For Knox area, Kentucky, like yeah. it's way different. Yeah, I it, I went back in time here when we, you know, in twenty twenty one. Anyway, don't want to get off track, but um. So yeah, I think, in when you look at our sign off on this podcast, control your capital, or somebody else will. That is something that Dave and I came up with together because it's, it's literally how we think. And I, a few years back, I used to read some Kim Butler. Her, I really enjoyed some of her little, her little books. And she had this like acronym clue, control, liquidity, use, and equity. And I still use that with my clients when I'm talking about, and that's really a filter that I use for financial decisions when I'm making them like, okay, mm -hmm. am I going to, you know, I'm going to seed some control probably. Yep. To make money, sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes yeah. you don't. Maybe it's a, a rental property that I already own. I could just pay it off. We were talking about that before right. we hit record. Yep. I could pay off my Kentucky rental home right now with a policy loan if I wanted to. I don't want to, though, because I have to 
I have to build a pool. <laughs> I think I, I like that that clue acronym. I don't remember that from Kim, but um, that's a good one. So I, w- I was listening to a book recently, and um, you know the guy he used uh, Herb Keller, the you know, CEO, longest serving CEO of Southwest Airlines. Um, you know, and his his one focus was we will be the low fare airline. So when somebody came to him with a new idea, like, hey, you know, a lot of the customers would love to see a, a chicken salad served on the on the flight. He asks one question, does this make us the low fare airline? The answer is no. So they said, no, no chicken salad. So if you have a couple of questions in mind, one of mine is, uh, it's kind of like t- a two-part question when I ha- I'm presented with an opportunity. One, is this the most productive use of my money right now? If the answer is no, then then I don't do it. If the answer is yes, then I want to follow it up with a second question. Uh, and I don't have it phrased perfectly, but is this a good decision for me, you know, emotionally and for my family and for my relationships? If the answer is no, then I'm not going to do it. You know, if it's going to cause strain in my marriage, if it's going to cause extra stress in our household because of that. I don't want to do it. Even if it is the most of productive use of my dollars, it's not worth the emotional toll that it will take. So I think those are two very important questions. You know, the one, the first one phases it out. You know, you either say, okay, yes, let's move on to the next step or no, you know, I'm done with that one completely. Yep. So I like that. Yeah. I like that. And I think unconsciously that's what I've been doing, especially the last couple of years, becoming a lot more, a lot more picky. Um, because my, my personal situation has changed. I'm trying to do something 20 months from now, trying to move to a new place. I've never lived. I don't know anybody building a a home from the ground up and yeah, I'm going to borrow money from the bank to do it. No question. Construction loan underwriting is underway. Here we go again. Yeah. Super, super fun. Um, the cool thing is, well, Anyway, side note, the cool thing is I don't have to bring the 20% until it turns into a 30-year note when construction is complete and we move in. So I get to stay li- as liquid as possible. So if anyone's building a house out there, construction loan, see if they have – most of them might be like that. I just wasn't aware of that or uh, you already know that. But if they don't have that option, maybe search for another lender that does have that option. So um, that allows me to keep myself liquid and in control for longer, which is which is great. Um, yeah, clue. Control, liquidity, yeah. use, and equity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously, dividend-paying whole life insurance, the asset class, right? That product checks all of those blocks for me every time, which is why I, I'm a buyer of whole life insurance, just like you, Dave, right? And just like a lot of our listeners are. I put my money in whole life insurance. I pay premium, a lot of it, to whole life insurance policies until I need to use that money for major expenses. Yeah. Cars, tuition, weddings, houses, pools, boats, investments. What's the you use? But uh, expand use. on that one. I think control and, and uh, liquidity is pretty self-explanatory. You either yep. you have it or you don't, or you have some you know degree of it. But what's the use? So, so the use of the money is... I guess kind of an expansion of of maybe the of the control. So I guess 
what am I doing with this with this chunk of capital? Am I am I financing a vehicle? In which case, I'm going to own the vehicle, have use of the vehicle. Maybe I'm using it for my business because I'm a a hotshot trucker and I'm hauling cars all over the country for people at fifteen hundred bucks a pop, two thousand bucks a pop. Um, is when is the money the other part of the use? And I think it was multifaceted. I don't remember specifically, but when is the money coming back to me? Mm-hmm. Is it collateralized? Yeah. Um, you know, the, 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 those types of things. Is it producing a cash flow for me? Right. That's I'm still able to use some of that money. So maybe I'm I want to buy that thing over there, and this you have an opportunity for me. I just hit the microphone with my hand. That was great. Uh, and I give you that chunk of capital. You provide me monthly cash flow, let's say, and now I still have use, mm-hmm. but I'm not having to tap into my W two wages to buy this thing or yeah. whatever. Okay. Um, so I think it's multifaceted. Um, and if anyone wants to expand on that, if anyone listens to to that podcast, or I, I mean, it's been years since I heard that. I've been saying it for years. Um, yeah, she's got a, I good, think the, a lot of good books out there too. Real yeah, easy shorts. Yeah, easy yeah. reads. I've got many of them over there. You know, live your live your life insurance comes to mind. Uh-huh. I thought that was really a good little book for people to read. Um, but I think I think her now that I think of it, I think her the acronym is created to kind of nest with dividend paying whole life insurance. Yeah, because you maintain control use of the money because it's in there. Um, you know. I think that's what the U is for. Is just yeah. you can use the capital that's in your whole life insurance by leveraging it through the policy loan feature. I think is what she was ultimately getting at. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I like that. There's so many good. I mean, there's too many good books to read. Uh, so you should start debriefing me more on the books you read, and I'll do the same for you. Yeah, I'm in the middle of um, 10x is easier than 2x. Yeah, I just finished that one. That's phenomenal. Yeah, it's really it's really a good book, folks. Um, that's uh, Dan Sullivan and um, gosh, I don't have it in front of me. What's the what's the young dude's name there? The doctor Brian, somebody maybe I forget. I'll I'll look it up. But anyway, especially if you're a business owner, yeah, that's a really good one on how to kind of expand. Um, you know, going ten x thinking bigger is actually easier than thinking small. Yeah, and I think you know you know you've had some you know, some good moments this year and you're, and I like, I like how that book tells us to kind of, you know, focus, focus on the 20%, mm-hmm. which will be, which, which gets us to that next level. And then once you get to that level, your 20% is going to change again. And then it's going to change again as you keep. And it's, uh, oh, you know, think, think big, right? Um, don't be, don't be happy with the status quo. Yeah. And, and, and to grow 10x, you can't get there by just working 10 times harder. That's right. You have to work. I like that a, even better. Yeah. Right. You got to work in a completely <laughs> different way. You know, right. to go 2x, you can get that by just working harder. But you can't go 10x Correct. by just working harder. Yeah. So it, Correct. it's a c- complete shift in your mindset. Yes. And that book nests very well. And I don't know what the right order to read. I'm reading 10x is using 2x first. And then I'm going to do who, not how, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is also a you know highly recommended book as well. Which is how you go 10x. Yeah. Is with people. Using, people. Using the right people. 
Yep. The right people. That's right. Get the right people on the bus. That's right. Well, all right, man. I think uh, I think we hit that pretty good. We're about our uh, typical time limit here. So, man, unless you got any parting words, uh, we'll send everybody off with a hope you have a great week. Finish up the summer strong. Get those kids back to school. Hallelujah. Next, uh, yeah, I think that's the 24th or something for us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's right around the corner. Right around the corner, man. Yep. yep. And then it's like, I tell my wife this all the time. I'm like, during the school year, especially now with seven kids in the same house, I'm like, I feel like office space. I'm like, every morning you see me is the worst morning of my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good movie. We That's quote it all the classic, time. Classic, <laughs> man. But that is like, if we can get through the mornings, man, it's all downhill from there in a good way. You know, the, the rest of the day is a breeze if once you get past the morning. So it's nice to have the worst part of the day done right off the bat yeah you, you front load the chaos and yeah. then you go into calm waters after that clean yeah. air yeah 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 you can breathe so yeah well good luck everybody getting the kids back to school and uh until next week control your capital or somebody else will hey thanks for listening everybody if you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode please send us an email to David and Paul at the ibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.